The Breakdown Podcast. I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> you, you know know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that yeah. much of a threat. <laughs> you know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. Oh, <laughs> I keep hearing that. Oh, it's, it's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium. Innit? It's not my fault. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Tell them. Tell them. So, what's good, people? You're tuning into the Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by the Football Supplement. This is episode nine. My name is Mark. We've got a couple of the members here today. Jay's on a little break. You know, his own little international break before the international break. That's what we do here. You know, yeah, we do yeah. international breaks every now and again. <laughs> we'll never train yes. You know the ones there, obviously. So what are you saying, T? I'm here, man. You know, um, 2-2. Bit, bit of humble pie on the weekend. So, you know, I'm not as jubilant as last week, but we're here, innit? Yeah, you are on smoke. So so why are you wearing the black today? Last week it was for Oli. Why is it today? The black is for our midfield. That's what it's for. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah. The Wolves midfield. No midfield on yeah. the weekend, boy. Yeah, you saying coffee? Yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm good. Obviously, another win. Um, quietly starting to get really, really happy with the performances. Seems to be re- putting some really good attacking displays. Loving it, man. And it was nice to see our rivals drop points. So, T, thank you. Um, <laughs> and, Oh, we don't know any Man City fans, Fave, how to find them here in London. But um, yeah, thank you to them too. So yeah, we move. What do you think is more important? The the system that a team plays or the individual performance level? Boy, mm. do you wanna go? Do you wanna go first on that one? Uh, it's a it's a mad one. It's a mad one. I think I think, yeah, just offline we were just saying like I think it comes up for managers all the time, this thing. I think personally, um, you you have to hit your performance levels individually, I think. I think if, because if you don't and you rely on system, I think then you're passing the buck. Um, and don't get me wrong, some systems, you know, enhance, you know, players' abilities, et cetera, et cetera, output. But I think for me, you've got a make sure that you're putting in your effort, your maximum for the system to work. So I think it always starts with individual performance. I I don't see how you can, I don't see basically how you can get by not giving your max or not performing as an individual and expect that others don't have to pick up your slack and these kind of things. It, it, It doesn't work like that. It's very quickly, you can see, you know, um, if men are down tools, if, if men are, you know, <laughs> if the tools are down, it's very obvious, you know what I mean? Um, so for me, it's, it's all about, it's all about individual performance, first and foremost, man. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I guess obviously for me, it's mad. Like this is, this sort of question, it kind of encourages a bit of a waffling session, because <laughs> it, it's, so, it, it's quite, it's quite complex. Um, so, T, everything you said is quite bang on it, and I agree with you, but then there's also the other side as well. Like, mm. if if men are playing a system that doesn't suit them, or, for example, I'll use Callum hudson Doy, for example, playing at right wing-back, mm. he fully well knows that's not his position, but he's trying to give it his all, but yet his performances aren't, Setting, setting, setting the world alight. So therefore, he's then receiving criticism, and then he's receiving criticism to a point where he gets dropped out of the team. And then there's word that he's trying to, that him and his camp are trying to engineer a move to go to Dortmund for him to play in his favorite position. Do you get what I mean? So that's not that's that's not even through a lack of attitude or motivation. That obviously you could try and knock your head down to try and get to try and get it right. But if you're not playing, then you can just end up being something that it shouldn't be at the end of the day. And what what I begin to realise as well, and again, we spoke about this offline real quick here, yeah, is that with struggling teams, you tend to see, even the, even with the pundits and all the rest of it, they talk about the basics, and the players are not even doing the basics. Closing down, looking up for the game, 
this, that, and the other. Like managers shouldn't have to say, you know, this, that, and that for met players who are motivated and all the rest of it. They should be motivated from the jump. Like th- this is the club they're playing for, this, that, and the other. Um, but then, if you've got a multitude of players here yeah, who don't look up to it, then I'm sorry, that falls at the manager's lap or the coach's lap because you can't have that many passengers at one time. And again, you get that sort of you get that sort of look where you actually look at these men and you think, okay, they look like they're all down down in tools. Do you know what I mean? Like when you have when you can actually pick six to seven players in a team on a single day that are all giving real real below par performances, and these are players in the Premier League, for example, then you then it begs the question that it's got to lie at the manager's lap, and I don't think any system um, really helps that. Um, you mm. look at Antonio Conte, for example. Right, I know he's been a big topic of conversation this this week so far, and it's only Monday. But um, <laughs> but um, we look at his second season at Chelsea, for example. Right, he won won the league the first season he was around. Cool. The whole palaver with Diego Costa then happened. Then they, they started the season well. I think they were they were maybe five points off the top of the top of the table at Christmas. Come come after that point. They completely fell away and even qualified for the Champions League at the end of that season. And that came from literally the manager having had bumps with certain senior players and all the rest of it. And it basically filtered out. And people just weren't on playing for him anymore. And that's mm. at the end of the day, that's, that's how it ended. But that wasn't anything to do with the system and that because he won the Premier League with that same system. Yeah, yeah. Same coach. So what happened within that 12 months? You know, so... Mm. Where, where performances are concerned for players is always the mental, but what the, what that causes, I mean, it really depends, man. Whether it's coach yeah. or player himself. Yeah, I think it's interesting because for me, I feel like it is the system is first. Like I feel like the system, the system, the formation, the shape, yeah, can either motivate players or demotivate players. I understand the whole idea of like, listen, put me anywhere on the pitch and I'll perform. Mm-hmm. But that's when you're talking about top level footballers who may be specialists in certain things. They, there's a lot of footballers that are not always all rounded. You know what I mean? And like there could be somebody, for example, let me use the example of a number ten. There can be a number ten that really isn't that great at pressing, isn't that great at running with the ball. But what they're good at is getting the ball, receiving it on the half turn, and slipping it into a forward. For example, put that same number ten in a number six position or put that number 10 in a number eight position where they have to run a lot more. I'm not saying that that player can't contribute, but like you're saying with Callum Hudson-Odoi, for example, he's a, he's a quick player, you know, um, he gets up and down, he can cross a ball and stuff and he can beat a man. Playing him at right wing back, it's going to eventually start to become quite demotivating for a player to play there knowing that he can't play his best football there. Now, that's just one player. So imagine if you got three or four players in your side all playing out of quote-unquote position. It's like, that's what, for me, is a bit more difficult. I feel like if you have players playing in the correct shape that exploits their um, that exploits their best qualities, I feel like those players then feel more connected and feel like they're, they're more being catered to. And therefore, they, they, they might put in the hard yards to do a bit more and a bit extra. Do you know what I mean? That's what I just feel like. Some I I kind of sway towards because these are all because remember we're talking about the top level, right? Of, of of professional football. So these guys' performance level and whatever for me it's all to a certain level. Even to just get through the door, even just to sign for the team, even just to represent them. So we're talking about elite footballers, and now we're really just talking about how do you get the best out of um out of your team and your squad. Do you know what I mean? So for me, I just think about like. If you if you take um, a team that, for example, we talk about um, defenders defending, for example, yeah, and you're asking certain defenders to defend in a two, and they might be comfortable in a two because they have the partnership, they have the two, the you know the the left back and the right back, and they know what they're controlling, they know the body shape, they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Then you stick them in a three. Sometimes that three can make it even worse than when you have a two there. Because all of a sudden, the right back and the left back are now right wing back and left wing back. And all of a sudden now, the balls are getting played over the top and your defenders are going to have to defend out wide. 
And I think that's where it becomes, it can become a bit long. So I think sometimes it can be down to the individual. Yeah, you have to do the basics, right? You have to run, you have to tackle, you have to, you know, finish, you have to do all these stuff. But in terms of situational, um, situational matters on the pitch, yeah, somebody, for example, let's take a striker. A striker that is you that is just somebody that taps in, like they're a box player, for example. Now that box player playing without a number ten behind them and without any wingers, for example, in a three-five-two system, it's gonna be long for them. It's gonna be a very long day because you know you're feeding off scraps and you know that um it's not like the play they're gonna play out wide and cross the ball straight in. Do you know what I mean? So that 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 striker could then look horrible in that system. And that's what you see in football where somebody for one team can look horrible, a new manager comes in, and all they really do is change the shape and all of a sudden the performance level rises. Mm. Yeah, do you know what? Like I think going going back to what Kofi said, like, I think this 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 topic, yeah, we could go back and forth on it for for, for time. Um because I was just thinking, I think it's interesting what, what you men are saying um, about, you know, players being played out of position. And I was just thinking to myself, are there any examples of players who are playing in a position where we don't think that, okay, or maybe there's an argument to say that actually you could put them in a different position and and, and maybe that, that, that lends better to their skill set, but they, they're delivering a high level of performance where they're playing now. So basically the inverse of what you're saying. And I was thinking about like somebody like Trent. There's always an exo- there's always talk about Trent at right back being, oh yeah, you know, we're not sure he defensively he's not great and he's vulnerable. But when he gets on the ball, what he delivers is amazing. Do you get what I'm saying? So it's it's for, for me, like if you think about somebody like Trent, he is delivering at the top of his individual performance for his skill set in that area. It might not be best lent to him, but he's delivering. And some of the stuff he, he's delivering is, is arguably, um, you know, top-class, world-class stuff. But if you dropped Trent in Manchester United's team and made him play right back, what do you think would happen? Hmm. That's what I question. think would happen. Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah, at Liverpool, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a license. He can go and do what he wants. If you now said to Trent, "You gotta be Wan Bissaka," you you you're not you're not getting forward. Sorry, those front players are gonna do what they're doing. Yeah, and it's all that. You know what I'm saying? There's not a system that's gonna switch it out to you, and you can do your quarterback crossing. Yeah, that's no no. You need to defend one on one. If you're gonna tell Trent, nope, don't really cross the halfway line and defend one on one because that's the system that I want to play. Are you going to see the same trend? That's that's. I guess that's what the argument is. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the Liverpool nah. system kind of suits him. And the thing is, you won't, <laughs> you won't see the same trend. You, mm-hmm. Like everything you just said, you naturally you won't because you look at what Trent has to offer. His best attributes are within the middle middle third of the pitch, the final third. That's where he does his best work. We all know about his defensive frailties and all the rest of it. But if you're basically hang, handicapping the guy then he's playing under handicap, you're going to expect, uh, you know, a less effective performance on the pitch. So, um, uh, it's a weird one because, you see, if United, we just use the example of United right now, if United were to sign a player like Trent, I would expect them, if they actually went to sign a player like Trent, I would expect them to utilise his abilities within the team. They would actually, they would actually alter the way they played in order to suit him. And that's what it should be. And I think this even lends to the other side of the argument as well. I mean, there are different sides. I mean, there's so many different sides. But, you know, you talk about uh, new new coaches coming into fresh new squads. Because you know who I was really thinking about when, was, when I had to think about this topic for today? I was thinking about Deli Ali as well. Deli Ali mm. is a prime example of a player that has just suffered so much since one manager that brought him in He's given them a platform to succeed. There's not up to the left and other managers have not been able to fit him into a system that's cater- that caters to his needs. Mm-hmm. You've seen him play at mm-hmm. number eight position in center midfield this season. I think there was a disgusting stat a couple of weeks ago in the Europa League game where he played, I don't know if he played 90 minutes or something like that, but he contributed zero, zero tackles, zero shots, zero key passes, zero <laughs> this, zero... Bro, it, listen... It was it was a horrible read. So it basically mm. meant that 
this person was on the pitch and didn't do anything. He was just another body on the field. You may as well, you may as well have been injured. That's basically what this, that's basically <laughs> what it's in the paper. So, but again, you know, Daddy Ali, he's been a talk of, he's been a talk of, the, you know, of Spurs for the last however many, however many years now. And I think, what, a couple of years now since Poch left. And that's coincided with his, with his regression in form as well. And we talk about attitude. Yeah, people say his attitude stinks and all the rest of it. But we kind of look at the coaches that have come in. Have they made him feel like a million bucks and all the rest of it? Um, And sure, he's one player. He's one player out of the many. Do you know what I mean? But when you've got a player like that who behind Harry Kane was arguably the second most important player in the whole entire squad, you'd think you'd Mm want to utilise and get the best out of him, right? But hey, what do we know? We're not coaches, are we? Exactly, <laughs> and that's the thing because you know, like a lot of coach, I've seen obviously Dean Smith come out and said something similar. You know, um, Ollie said something similar about you know the it's not about the formations because they're asking him. But these are both managers that have have tinkered with with formations and then eventually stubbornly had to adopt it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Eventually, you have to do the right thing. And Manchester United, for example, went to you know more of like a three four three formation. Or three five two, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, you know, a lot more rigid, a lot less spacing behind. Do you get what I'm trying to say? And it worked for them. Um, and um, obviously, Dean Smith, he went, he went to four at the back eventually after trying with the three at the back for so long and stuff. And though they didn't win, Aston Villa didn't win um, against um, West Ham on the weekend. You could see that all of a sudden the performance level was starting to improve, especially before um, the red card. You could see that all of a sudden there was something starting to happen. But like T said, like the individual responsibility on players still has to come there. So when you are in your position, when you are given your opportunities, you do have to put in a shift. You have to put in a shift in, and putting in a shift doesn't necessarily mean chasing that. And I think that's sometimes what it is, isn't it. Some people say putting in a shift is like running around like a headless chicken. No, it's not. It's not really to do with that. It's like, are you affecting the game in the way that you can affect the game? Are you affecting the game in that way? Sometimes it's just it's just a case of, for a defender, it's not always about tackling stats or whatever. Sometimes it's just the fact that the player's not coming down your side because of. You know what I mean? Because they might have tried it once, you finished them, and now they're, they're not coming down your side anymore. You know, for the central midfielder, sometimes it's that he's played the killer pass and that, that was the assist. Are you mm. affecting the game? Sometimes when we think about individual performance, it's all about, you know, heart and, and grit and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's about guile and skill. So I do feel like sometimes it can be a bit of an excuse. You know, either the players aren't working hard enough. You know, we say the players down tools, they're not working hard enough. Or the system's wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. we look at them as like polarised things, but I think the two might go hand in hand. It's just which one do you think comes first or which comes one first, do you think is yeah. more important? Yeah, definitely. I agree on that one. And I think maybe that there's even, that there might even be a, a slight place for um, managers within that, in between that. Because what you just mentioned there, well, three managers I can think of now. So you mentioned Dean Smith, you mentioned Oli. And then even on the weekend, I was listening to Klopp and he said something which was like, ah, oh, the reason why, you know, or part of the reason why Brighton were, were able to, to mount a comeback was because, you know, certain players' body language wasn't great, which basically he was saying, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, <laughs> players are not putting it in. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's also, a, a, you know, some kind of fine nuance there to include manager, manager decision-making because... Um, when we're talking about formation and we're talking about motivation to, to, to play for someone, it's all about personnel at the end of the day as well. So, um, yeah, man, it's a, it's it's one we, we could go on back and forth, you know what I mean? But it's it's, def- it's definitely something that um, has, has played quite a quite a big part the last couple of, last couple of I, years. I might even add, yeah, that obviously just as this, just as a disclaimer. Obviously, us lads see and know that footballers are robots and they do have feelings and emotions and all the rest of that. Do you know what I mean? Um, so we won't, we're not going to sit down here and expect man to always be 100 in the head all the time. But I guess what we look for is when a player probably isn't 100, number one, 
do the coaches are the coaches able to identify this, or in the, if when they do identify this and they do play them as the player themselves actually saying they're okay enough to be able to play, um, to be able to give it their all, is their head in the right place, and then are they able to cope with whatever's going on with themselves? That lends uh, lends a hand to probably you know under par performances and all the rest of it, um, and it's even a good point that Klopp probably made, you know, obviously he's taken he's obviously taken a pop at whoever. I don't know, I didn't watch the game. But um, you know, things like that, the moment your body language is slightly off, opponents when they're switched on, they can sense that. And then once they sense that, they smell blood. And if they're good enough and have the quality about enough quality about them, they exploit you. They make you look silly. So um yeah, I think oh, I think whilst the system it's important. I just feel I just feel like a player's attitude more than anything. If that's right, I don't think anyone really has any anything to really say to the say about the players. Um, mm. When the system's wrong, like it's pretty it's pretty pretty obvious from time to time. The player players could just be working awfully hard, but they just can't stop. You know they can't they can't plug the holes or you know they can't stem the flow or whatever it is, and that's just probably a shape thing. Um, and just final point, obviously, just on that, you look at Nuno, what formation did they play at the weekend? Was it a 4-3-3? 4-2-3-1? They, they've played that before in the past. They've been <laughs> successful with it in the past. So, it's not it a shame thing now. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> we'll, listen, we'll get on to Spurs, bro. We'll get on to Spurs last, because, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be said about mm. <laughs> how mm. to regenerate them. But obviously, one person who's obviously got his... Um, got the shape right and seems to have an upturn in form is obviously Mikel Arteta, Arsenal, you know, um, good away performance, man, against Leicester. Arsenal were looking sharp. And to be fair, uh, Aston Villa, against Aston Villa at home as well, they look sharp. You know what I'm saying? They look sharp. Um, I don't know what that's down to, though, because I'm I'm, I'm half-half. I'm I'm half like he's got better players, so the players are playing better. Or is it like... Do you get what I'm trying to say? He's got better players. They've started to play better. Because I'm looking at that team sheet and I'm like, actually, that's not that's not that bad anymore kind of thing. Ramsdale's playing well. Um, he had a world-class performance. That was a world-class performance right there. You know, the boy's, the boy's only 20... I didn't, I didn't know. He's only 23 years old. I didn't, I, for some reason, I thought he was an old keeper, you know. I don't know why I thought he was an old it's keeper. Right <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just a Sheffield United. I don't know what it was. But I, I felt like I thought he was an old keeper, but yeah, then I realised he's only he's only young, but he put in a, a, a amazing performance. Then you look down and you see Partey's now fit and playing. Then you look down and you see Obama Yang. Then you see Gabriel and um Benjamin White, the the partnership there. Tavares flying, Tommy Yasu flying. That's a different that's a different starting eleven now they got you know, compared to before. So I don't know. What do you guys think that upturning form is down to for Arsenal? Um I think um it's a combination of things. So I think I think I think two things. There's there's consistency now. So so man are starting to create relationships, I think. Um and what I mean by that is that I guess the last couple of games, um we've already seen Aubameyang and Lacazette produce before. They might not always be the best fit, but you can see they enjoy playing with each other. Um, and where Lacazette's been out the side and, you know, there's been some calls for Odegaard to come out of the team. Lacazette's come in and he's got, a, he seems like he's got a bit of fire in his belly and he's playing with his boy up top. And yeah, like I say, you can see that they, they're enjoying it and they're a threat. You know what I mean? They 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 keep opponents busy. When you, when you play those, those two up top and you have... Saka and you have um, Smith Rowe behind them, they're always going to create opportunities, they're always going to create chances. Um, and I think the the other point is um, consistency. So you've had Ramsdale come in now and he's kind of, he's kind of established himself. He's had a couple of good performances. You can see he's a big personality. He's kind of endeared himself to the, to the crowd. Um, I think Gabriel coming back is huge. It's, it's been huge because he was missing for the first couple of games of the season um, and forming a partnership with Ben White. Ben White's form is a little bit, mm, you know, but he's bedding in. So we, we, we can we can give him the benefit of the doubt. Tomiyasu as well. I think I think those three at the back, they've been ever-present. Um, and I don't think they've lost. 
I think I was reading the stat when those three have sort of started. I don't I don't think they've lost. So um I think whether it's Nuno or, or Tierney playing left back, those three being consistent next to them um has been has been quite key. So yeah, I, I would say um the relationships um and then the consistency, but whether the consistency is down to Mikel Arteta, you know, selecting off of merit or whether it's been forced upon him as our you know, as our as our Arsenal correspondent Jay would say, um, is debatable. Um, because for example, you know, you mentioned Thomas Markey, and yeah, you know, he's been playing, he's been getting game time. But I'm not sure if we get the same level of output if if it's Granite Shaka next to him. Because I think that 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 affects his game and it changes how he plays. Um so where you have um I suppose you have Lokonga next to him or you have somebody else next to him, whether it's Smith Rowe or, you know, um, Odegaard or whoever, the emphasis is just different. You can see he just, he just plays the game differently when it's, um, when it's somebody opposed to, to Shaka. So yeah, man, I think um, Arsenal, Arsenal have been starting the games, the last couple of games really well. They've been starting on the front foot and they've been getting goals at key times, just deflating, deflating teams. They deflated Leicester very quickly. Um, and they punish them as well. So, yeah, man, you know, I think it's eight games undefeated for them. So they're doing well. They're doing well, man. They're doing well. Yeah, do you see on the shape thing? Yeah, that obviously you're talking about Leicester um, and Arsenal. Obviously, that was a twelve thirty kickoff um, last Saturday. Um, Leicester shape for me, the three at the back doesn't suit them. Never suited them. I don't think it's a good system for them to play. Um, and this is what I liked, though, about Leicester. Because sometimes it gets frustrating. The way that Arsenal was catching them, they were pressing high. Leicester was doing this slow build-up, getting caught, getting turned over, and just getting countered. And I did what I liked about them is that they changed to a back four. And, like, you know how many... you know how frustrating it is sometimes when you see a team? Well, for me, anyway, that's one of my pet peeves. When a team is doing the same thing over and over, and it's the build-up. They're doing the build-up, and it's not dropping. It's not, it's not on. You know what I mean? The build-up's not on. They keep doing it and keep doing it. Leicester were able to stop stop the rot by by um, by going back to a back four. Do you know what I mean? Came out in the second half and, and he changed it. He put on, uh, I believe, uh, it's a two wins. Oh, he put on Look, yeah, Lookman and mm. Barnes. Do you know what I mean? And went to a different shape. And they looked better. Obviously, the game was already gone. But by that time, the game, the game had already gone um, from them. But they just look like in in coming matches they'll be a lot more a lot healthier in that shape. Um, James Madison, he had moments in the game where he was really good, like really really good. But as a whole and his general performance, I wasn't feeling him off the ball, and I feel like he's just gone off the boil for whatever reason. He's gone off the boil, and the Foden's, the Grealish's, the Mason Mounts, they're all surpassing him. And I think it's because of the work rate off the ball. Because I saw him, this guy wasn't pressing. I think um, for um, Arsenal's second goal, just a stroll, a stroll into the box and a finish. And it's just like, you know, no one's tracking, no one's tracking Lacazette and all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Um, I think it was Smith Rowe scored the second goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smith Rowe got the second goal, and it's like no one's no one's tracking. You know, see James Madison just jogging back. Leicester players just jogging back, and it's like I think Madison's an interesting case because he's been in and out of the team. But again, if he's going to make it at the top level, and because he was linked with Arsenal himself, but he won't be able to play with Arsenal without that work rate. Do you know what I mean? That work rate off the ball. He's very good on the ball. You saw his free kick. That free kick. And most keepers, that free kick goes in, but for some reason. <laughs> you know, for some Ramsdale reason, no boy. Ramsdale was just on a mad one. You were not scoring that day, but that was, and that for me, that was probably the save of the season, just because of the amount of the amount of power that this guy got on it. I know Mendy's done a couple that have been mad as well, but I would say Ramsdale had it. But it's it's just interesting to me to see Arsenal on the front foot, Arsenal trying to play, and obviously Smith Rowe is just. He's he's carrying the ball. Saka's carrying the ball. It's good to see them playing a bit more counter-attacking. And also, I want to highlight their their defensive shape is is nice now. Like mm-hmm. they're playing with the two banks of four. They're playing with the two banks of four, and it looks quite organised. See, they don't look like they're shipping 
loads of chances. Uh-huh. And I think it's key. Um, I th- well, I mean, I know obviously Jay's not here, but he's someone that's been crying out for many, many, many years. We even go back to when Wenger was about for this sort of four four two type shit. The the one that actually brought them a lot of success, you know, yesteryear. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So it's it's nice to see them playing with that. Funny enough, it actually suits the players that they've actually got in their squad as well now. We see a lot of that. And you know what, I think the first question you ask is, you know, is it more down to the shape and all the rest of it, right? Um it's funny because after they got panned by C, you know, um Alba obviously came out and said that yeah, like the senior players have got to take responsibility. Got there's got to be words had and all the rest of it. And you remember that that pod? I think we spoke about. It, we just said we're gonna mm. we're gonna see whether it's a player thing or if it's a coach's thing because it just seems as though since since that since that day they haven't lost a game. Just haven't lost a game. They got a couple of one 0 wins here and there. I know that they they had they they came out with a poor showing against Palace, but I'll probably say that's more down to Palace. And the fact mm. that Palace probably shocked them a bit because they didn't expect Palace to play like that. I don't think any of us expected Palace to come out. Do you and know play. what? That that result has actually aged well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, um, no, no one expected that, and I don't think they did. So it was almost like a switch went off. And it was like next following game because they, that was on the Monday, right? And they mm. played on the Friday against Villa. Mm. It was like come to come to Friday against Villa. They came out firing. They were like, nope. You see this one, we're gonna go off two lot from the beginning. And then they did they did the same again against Leicester. And kudos to them. Um it's definitely a joint effort. Um Arteta has to take some credit as well for finally changing the shape. I don't know who influenced him. I don't know whether it's the players, whether the team meeting obviously helps and all the rest of it. But and they he's made the, he's got the final call. So the players look happier. You can see that in their body language, even the final final whistle celebrations, stuff like that. You can just see they're really, really celebrating. Even Gabrielle celebrating, you know, tackles and all the rest of it. You know, you can really, really see that they're about this this life. And th- this is just a, a great example of what wins actually brings you. It's infectious. Because you know I mean? to be fair, like before, I'm just looking at the, the team sheet. And let's be honest, before last season or whatever, or even before, this could have been, this would have been who? would have been um, Bellerin at right back. Maybe mm-hmm. T&E at left back, then who knows would have been in the who would have been in the central defence. Rob Holding, um, could it just it just Murray, you know, Murray, yeah, yeah, just... like it's and then you look in the midfield, it would have definitely been Shaka, could have been El Nenny, could have been like it depended on depending on which day it was. You know what I mean? It could have been that um, Saka would have started, Smith Rowe could have played in the ten or off the bench and stuff. You just you just didn't know, and I feel like. Having a better quality of a player um, obviously makes the manager's job a lot easier when you know when you're able to put them in this kind of thing. Like you say, that four four one one or the four four two, I think it was just the right the the, the right approach to the game. And obviously, players they, like for me, even when those players come back, you're talking about the Shackers and whatever of this world, they shouldn't be playing. They don't they don't need to play. You know, yeah. this is how you need to do it. I thought the Congo was fantastic in there because he, he's he's. You know what? He, he he mops up the ball, but then he's he's progressive with his passing. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. you can get players they mop up the ball, but then they want to play a backwards pass or a sideways pass. Sideways. A lot of yeah, Saka wants to go forward. Smith Rowe wants to go forward. Abayo Yang is back to making the runs in behind, and I just feel like they're onto something there. Yeah, and they are to take long range shots as well. Party is levering them. He's letting yeah. them go. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? He uses so, ball. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah man. for real, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? As well, one 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 thing, one quick thing I'll add is is they look confident. Confidence, I think, is a massive thing. I don't know the last time I could say an Arsenal team has looked confident. You know, Gabriel, like you said, he's marshalling, he's marshalling the team, he's galvanizing the team. When he's going forward from a corner, you can see, you know, you know when you can tell there's an aura about a, a defender when a man's saying, yeah. "Listen, don't take the corner yet. I'm coming." Kind of thing. Like he's got that kind of that kind of that kind of confidence, a presence about him now. Um, Nuno as well, very confident on oh, him. Oh, he's, he's, so he's, he's very very good, you know. Um, and you can just see from that consistency and the youth 
you know, a bit of the arrogance from Smith Rowe. He's just going at players, taking them on. You know, he, he broke up Castagna a couple of times. You know what I mean? Just oh, in one, Castagna had one a shot. Yeah, just one quick sharp move. You know, these kind of things. You know, playing Aubameyang in in a position that he's familiar with is completely contradictory to when he's playing out wide and he's playing in a four two three one where he has to track back. And oh, you know, the whole body language is just different. Everything is different. So I I'm can playing on top now. This is it, and it's just natural for him. It's natural. Um, so yeah, my confidence I think, as well. Mm. Yeah, they're up to six on the table now. So you know, from this position, I think, and if you look at Manchester United's form trajectory you know you've got West Ham in and about them obviously Brighton in and about these kind of areas and you're kind of like you know what that that fourth spot it's up for grabs we need to talk about West Ham very soon we need to talk about West Ham yeah it's true we really it's true because I feel like I feel like um, Declan Rice yeah it's one of the ones where I had him down as a centre half I forget what people did, bro. <laughs> yeah, <fine. laughs> I, had him, I had him down as a centre half, but I think the way that this guy has, um, the way that he's developed, yeah, the way he's developing, the way he's developed, he's added more to his game. But there's a freedom that he's playing with that is like yeah. I've no idea where that's come from, bro. bro it's uh, on, yeah, bro, it's, it's no, sorry, bro. Like it's insane because now I'm just thinking about, I'm thinking, raw like. I'm not going to lie, I'll hold my hands up here. Yeah? I'll hold my hands up today and I'll say it. When Chelsea were linked with him for that for the amount that uh, Saw quoted, I, I thought, hell no. There is no way <laughs> we should be slapping down AEMs for this guy. But I'm even going to say, like, I'm not even going to say that he's worth AEMs now. But if it happened, man can say, you know what, I understand it. To an extent. I could, I could accept the English tax. I could mm. accept rival, rival London. I could, I could accept all of it. I wouldn't agree with it, but I can accept it. If it happened but before I saw all this, I, I would have been livid. Do you, do you know what I mean? Because of who other players in this position in the market. But yeah, he's source, bro. Source. He's doing his thing and long let may, may continue because, well, I don't know how long he's got left in his contract, but if he's playing to show, man, yeah, this is what I'm on, and then I'm going to leave you guys because you didn't want to listen <laughs> to me, then it's, you talk about Sorry for the language, but shithousery, yeah. That, that's going to be an ultimate one. But no, kudos to him. Let him, let him continue his performances, man, because we love it. Love to see it. Yeah. He's done well. He's done well. The team's done well. I think um, just in the system, because before it was Suchek, the one who was slightly bursting forward and mm-hmm. Rice that was sitting back. And this mm-hmm. season, it's Suchek that's more sitting back and Rice, the one that's bursting forward. So I think mm-hmm. they've got a good good thing going there, good partnership and stuff like that. And he just added more facets to his game, like, He's just becoming more skillful, becoming more technical. And I think he's he's taking the ball on more. You know, you see him, he's taking the ball on more and he's being encouraged to do so. And I think mm. he's got a good setup. But Declan Rice falls into the category of me, which, for example, for me personally, he has a good job, as I like to say. He has a good job. I don't think he should be trying to move from there. Yeah, if you're captain of West Ham Football Club, they're going in, in the right direction. I don't think you should bother to rock the boat because you've seen English players sometimes make that move and it's not it's not happening. You know what I mean? You see the clubs that's linked to them. Manchester United is linked to them. I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't advise him to, to go and join that. I wouldn't even to be honest, I wouldn't even even um, advise him to go and join Chelsea because of who the competition is there as well right now. Understand you know, he has to exactly you're you're looking at proper well beaters there. I would just say he's got a good job and he should stick where he is with West Ham and keep building with him. Captain of the club at his age. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting, Declan Rice. I feel like we, we could do a pod on West Ham himself because you know Moyes has done great, regardless of what anybody says. You know, Moyes is Moyes is outstanding. Um, but Rice himself, I feel a couple of key factors have happened. Um, I think I think he he believes in himself now. Like the Euros, it, it seemed like the Euros, him, you know, being consistently selected was like, oh, like a switch turned on. Like, oh, right, no, I'm, I can I can mix it here. Mm. And then there was a couple of times in the in the Euros where he got the ball and he just drove forward. Like, and then it was like, oh, I can do this. He did it again, did it again. And then for West Ham as well, um, you see him and it's becoming a bit of a trademark. He's bursting forward. He scored a he scored a couple of good goals now. Europa League, 
in the league as well, where he's he's making them them kind of runs and and um you know you can see from his interview after the game with Ben Johnson, like they're just they're just they're gushing, man. They're gushing, they're loving it right now. They're <laughs> loving, you know, you know, Declan Rice is like, yeah, we're loving training, you know, we're loving the manager. It's a good vibe, it's a it's a good buzz, you know. You know, for 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 quite a long time, West Ham chopped and changed and there was a little bit of a funny atmosphere, the Olympic Stadium and stuff, but now it seems like it's, you know, a bit healthier for them. Um, and Rice is, you know, right at the centre of it. So, yeah, man. Big but you know what? And yeah, I was just going to say, and they make, they make good signings, like, you know, Saeed Ben-Rama, um, you know, you know, the change to put Mikel Antonio up front in his in his, in his um, position as well. Just signed Kurt Zuma as well, which can only bolster the defence. Young uh, Ben Johnson as well, right back, scored a good goal. So I just think they've 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 just they've just made smart investments that's just bolstered the squad. And that plus the organization, you know what I mean? The organization is the main thing. Because even on the weekend, they were up against they went up against Aston Villa and Aston Villa was coming back, but you could see that where the court the quality, the organization was with West Ham. And you could see that when they wanted to attack, they were they were gonna be able to do so at will and eventually you know, when, once Villa went down to 10 men, they were able to control it. But in truth, even with 11 men, West Ham were far the superior side. There you go. And you know what? This is all born from, you know, like you said, the mainstream signings. And I guess when we talk about attitude of players and all the rest of it, there are no superstars or anything like that at West Ham. And the ones that they want and the players that thought they were superstars like that and behaved like that have all been shipped out of the club. You look at Marco Anatovic, for example. Felipe Anderson yeah. came in for what 40 M's left for two. Yeah. He took a big hit, financial <laughs> hit on that one, but just, just yeah. to get him out of the club and all the rest of it. Unfortunately, yeah. quality player, I think, in terms of quality, he, he'd probably be the most talented player in that, in that whole entire squad, if we're being perfectly honest. But in terms of attitudes, humbleness, the willingness to want to work, get down and do the dirty stuff, they're reaping the rewards from it because now the players are seeing that you know what, this is all paid off. We're now actually seeing this win Europe. We're winning games. They, they, they've gone unbeaten in Europe, am I right, and saying that. And then yep, they're winning games in the Premier League. They, and then winning games in the Premier League on a Sunday or whatever day they, whatever they, they're playing on. So Europe, Europe's not even affected them in the, slightest, in the slightest in the league. So it's just even more of a reason to kind of, you know, give them their flowers and all the rest of it. But, I mean, I don't want to say too much because, I mean, like you said, I think we should, I think we should hold, dedicate our whole pod to West Ham, um, but what's so but yeah. just quickly, what's realistic for them this season? Position, uh, league position. What's realistic? I think top seven's fine. Top seven again, you, you know, like pretty much like last season. Um, so they finished what sixth in the end last season, right? So I think mm-hmm. yeah, finishing finishing like that again is respectable. Again, um, doing it once fine. I think doing it doing it again this season, including obviously taking into the fact that they've actually got European football as well, being able to do it do it again with more games. Oh no, that's a bonus, man. I don't think and I don't think Hammers fans would have anything to say about that. I think they'd actually be really happy. As long as they get through to latter stages, you know, the you know the journey, you know, the heartfelt stories, all the rest of it, euphoria, like games and all the rest of that. Yeah, they they'll love it. So I don't think I don't think um anything anything more than that is or less than that is, you know, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. That's calm. They'll be happy with it. Yeah. Mm, true. Where they're not so happy <laughs> is Spurs. Tottenham got absolutely spanked by Manchester United 3-0, which is embarrassing because that, you know, they let that Man United side come to their home turf and, and, and give them a whitewash. <laughs> And obviously, the manager's been sacked for it um, at the time of recording. You know, Nuno um, has been sacked today from Spurs. Um, I think it was inevitable. And I think, I don't know if we recorded this, though. I don't know if we recorded us talking about Nuno at the start of the season. We did. Nuno and Spurs. (laughs) We did. We did. Particularly after the Chelsea game. Yeah. Anyone could have, anyone, anyone could have known. (laughs) This is a bad experiment. It was a bad experiment. I don't think it's because he's a bad coach, but it's just like I don't think I don't think pragmatism is the is the way to go. 
um, for 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 Spurs? I don't think so. You know, because for pragmatism to work, you need everyone to buy into it. You need mm-hmm. morale. You need people to believe because it's a lot of repetitive, repetitive. And you know the way that Nuno sets up his teams. You know the way he sets up his teams and how he likes to just go from side to side, switching the ball from left, switching the ball to the right. <laughs> getting the overloads, getting the crosses in. Like, it's just the same rhythmic patterns that he does over and over. And if players are not on that, it's going to be long. <laughs> it's funny, man, because, well, I kind of, I feel a bit bad laughing. Because uh, to be honest, I, I feel sorry for Nuno. I do feel sorry for him because he, he was already defeated before he took the job. Let's be honest, you know. Mourinho, um, anyone coming in after 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 Mourinho is going to have a big job because we will know kind of how, how he leaves clubs, right? And um, I think the, the the Spurs, what they went through in the summer, you know, Kane and this sort of stuff. You, you needed somebody to to galvanize the club. You needed someone to come in and take kind of thing. Already, we already knew, you know, their their pursuit of a lot of managers had failed, and um, Nuno's kind of coming in as you know. Some people say, I don't know, sixth, seventh choice or whatever it is. That's that's okay. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Okay. You're fighting a losing battle already. No one believes in you. Um it, the the policy in terms of of um the the, the some of their signings, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just a little bit like I'm unsure. You know, there's all these things that come out about um Paratici and what he wanted and Nuno coming in and it it just it just felt like he was fighting a losing battle, and then actually, you know how the the performances that they were producing is just like nah, I'm I'm sorry, but um, he just looked very out of his depth, man. He looked like a lost soul, you know, mm. literally. He looked like a he, lost made, soul. he made a sub. He made a sub on the weekend, right? Mm. He subbed. Uh, who was it? Mora. He Mora, subbed, uh, yeah. Mora. He subbed and the Mora. fans were just going crazy. It was yeah, high. man. Yeah, because more is a spark for them. You know what I mean? He's, he's a big spark. He makes things happen. He puts in the effort. Not to say Bergwijn doesn't. You know, Bergwijn is a good, I suppose, he's shown he's on more of a defensive, you know, defensive wing or whatever. But you know what? Just just going back to Nuno quickly, um, it's a bit of a shame because when he came up with Wolves, he wasn't always this pragmatist. You know, he wasn't like that at first. He, he played relatively you know, decent football, you know, Wolves caused a lot of issues for a lot of sides um, when they first came up, and he was actually somebody who I thought, oh, do you know what? He's he can he can he's making in-game adjustments, and I think you know what. In hindsight, Marky, you always say something. Your your tagline of of he's got a good job, <laughs> he's got a good job. <laughs> like, I think that's a classic case for for Nuno. I could see obviously maybe the Wolves thing was tiring out a little bit, but. This step was just a bit too far, man. Yeah, it was just difficult, man. This is hard. Yeah, go go and call me. Yeah, I was gonna even say like, obviously, yeah, taking on this, taking on the Spurs job was gonna be difficult for anyone, like, like you guys mm. are saying. And I think the Nuno one, like you said to you, uh, I saw I saw Wolves as a really organized team, but a really offensive team. Obviously, when they collected the ball, there was a bit of excitement about them and all the rest of it, right? And I just thought, oh yeah, with upgraded players at Tottenham, yeah, they could do the same. But one thing we haven't taken into account is a season that Wolves had last season under him. Yeah. They they were relatively poor last season. <laughs> Extremely poor. <laughs> you know? Mate, they were having crisis talks. Yeah. They were having crisis talks at one point. Yeah, it was peak. Yeah. So how... So now I've even think about it now. It's just, it's just even hit me. So you're a Spurs player, right? And you're sitting down there, you're hearing that, yo, like, they just go for this manager, oh, they, they, the guy don't want to come, all the rest of it. And you see Nuno's coming, you're thinking, wait, hold on. What, the, the Wolves? Nuno. The guy that was next to Wolves. The guy that was next to Palace. The guy that was next to Palace. We're, we're bringing him in, type thing. <laughs> like, you could already imagine, like, and, and, and I'm just saying, like, I don't know any of the Spurs players. We don't know them personally. So I don't want to speculate too much. But I just think about, if, if it was Mandem, yeah, in ends, and they heard that about a guy coming, a guy of that caliber coming into their team to manage them. They're thinking, oh, "What you're having us on?" That's the first thing. The, the, the lack of respect will be there. That, that element of doubt is already there. They're already now nitpicking at what you're doing. 
training sessions, probably saying, oh, it's boring. Heart's not really in it. All this sort of stuff. You see, the one thing I'll say, you see Hoiberg, yeah? I don't know if you saw his post-match interview after the mm. after the United game, but that was, was very damning. damning. Yeah. It was very, very damning. There was something that he said. I looked at it, I said, yeah. Man said, yeah, we don't want to... He said, yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said, I don't want to say too much. Down, I don't want to say too much. Yeah. Wow. Hey. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up after this. <laughs> yeah, no, it was mad. I thought, yeah, there's, there's trouble in paradise and people don't want to don't say anything. But there you go, man. But then, you know, your, your, your midfield um, three, Oliver Skip, Hoiberg, Lacelso, is they didn't invest in the summer. They didn't invest. They didn't invest properly. Um, you had the whole hurricane saga, which has affected the whole team, whether you like it yeah. or not. Yep. It did affect the whole team. And it has also undermined the manager, you know, and he never really got, he was never going to get a handle of it because really and truly, you just drop him. This is very simple. You drop him. Like, you, you just drop Harry Kane. You drop Harry Kane and you play with Sun up there and you get the rest of the, the boys playing. You just drop him. Like, you, can't that's, do, you, that's... you can't do that to him. You can't do that to Darling Kane. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. The nice guy. The nice guy who's the yeah, super the, the, professional. The sun, the sun would be all over it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you get what? For putting out roses like... and all the rest of it. That's the thing. You have to put three points on the board, and and sometimes you have to have the balls to make the to make to make the call. If Harry Kane is not in good form, he's going to sit on the bench. And Son, who has never dipped his level for Spurs, never dipped and never you know not performed and stuff, he needs to be the one that's playing up there. You have got Lucas Moura and such that can fill in in other positions, but that's that's just what it is. But the Spurs one's a difficult one because Poch left the mess, Mourinho picked up the mess and left the mess. Then we have Nuno, who's picked up another mess and has left the mess. So it's like, who now comes in and what, what you know, can anyone work with this squad of players? I don't believe so because I still see, and this is, I don't mean to call out individuals, but I don't think Eric Dyer at the heart of your defence inspires any level of confidence right now with the form that he's in. Do you get what I'm trying to say? This is somebody who was a centre mid, come move back into centre half. For me, um, Eric Dyer, um, Romero, uh, Emerson right back, Ben Davis left back. That's not a top back four. You know what I'm trying to say? You've got Larissa's form, which is up and down. Up and down, up and down. It just depends. You know, so I just think it's 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 a it's a difficult one for somebody coming in. But what would you guys say is like the the most important things for him to be able for the new manager to have to fix at Spurs? So okay. So okay. Tell him because if if we're looking at Spurs model and we're looking at how they invest in their side, that squad needs fresh investment. Mm-hmm. It just needs fresh investment. I don't I don't know how else they, they they do that without without selling without making a substantial sell. It's either you sell Kane or you sell Son. For me, if you sell Son, um, you're shooting yourself in the foot because Son is somebody who you can build around for the next you know, couple of years. You can be the main man. You can tell he's ready. He wants to be the main man. Um, whereas Kane, you know, there's 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 money on the table for him. There's a little bit of a cloud going on. Checkered history, uh, injury in, injury history. Um, and I just think maybe now it's time, you know, in, in, in terms of Kane, get your money and invest it wisely. You know, there's a lot of talk, you know, obviously my my proximity in London is, is, you know, more towards that kind of area. So I've got a lot of Spurs fans in my ear saying, yeah, you know, uh, you know, in 2017, 2018, Liverpool made a move when we was on par with Liverpool. And, you know, they bought, they sold Coutinho, they bought Van Dijk and Alisson. Look at how they've ascended, you know, and us, you know, in that same period, look at how we descended. And um, it's true at the end of the day, you know, we played them in the, in the, in the Champions League final and, 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 you know, things have only gone in one direction from there. And mm. as, as you mentioned, you know, we look at Lloris, he's been at the club for a long time. He's overall on the decline. You know, Dyer, he's been at the club for a long time. He's not really made any progression in terms of being a centre-back or a midfielder. You know, um, Davinson Sanchez... You know, the, like he was a big prospect coming in, spent a lot of money on him. It's not really worked out. Ben Davis, again, he's been at the club a long time. There's a lot of players, you know, who've just kind Even of been Bergwijn. there. Even Bergwijn, Bergwijn coming in. You know, I'm not his, his biggest fan in general, yeah. just because I think that's not what they needed. You know, Lo Celso, big money, didn't need him. 
it's done okay, not been fantastic. It just needs a bit of an overhaul. We need someone to, to get hold of it, an overhaul, some direction. Daniel Levy, keep your nose out of it. Let the football people employ someone you trust. Employ someone you trust and don't and don't, you know, if we're you know, we're kind of led to believe sometimes he, he sticks his nose in. Leave the football people to it and rebuild the squad, man. Um, I think that's 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 the first thing that's needed. They need a manager to come in. Um, he's going to get some assurances that he can really invest in and and and, and take it from there. Because you know, like even um, Reguilon's not even play- like Ben Davis has taken over from Reguilon's also dropped his level and he when he came in he was looking fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. he his his levels dropped. Obviously, Tanganga was is kind of in and out of the team. Seen him, you know, obviously getting a red card, whatever, coming out the side for whatever reason. I think it was with Zaha, right? That he he yeah. earlier in the season he got the red card and yeah. you know it looked a little bit erratic. But I feel like um, you know he needs to be he needs to be starting this stuff. And I just I just I just feel like for the new manager coming in, yeah, like you're saying, Harry Kane is the first issue to sort out. You need to know whether this guy is on it or not. You need to have a straight up conversation with him and say, are you on this? Are you on this? Are you going to put in the performance? Because if you're not, to be completely honest, it's obviously you probably can't sell him in January. Um, but what you can do is just put him on the bench. Just leave him on the bench, freeze him out of the squad, and then just just play with what you have. Because it's better you do that than to have somebody who's... I'm not saying he's not he's not on it and this and that and the other, but if he's not performing at the levels that, you know, we're talking one of the Premier League's top scorers, you know what I mean, year on year, um, you know, we're, we're talking about a heavyweight player here, but if he's not that for your side... You need to sort that out, and you need to regain the dressing room. Simple as that. And I feel like Spurs, they they probably are better off playing. Um, I would say they're probably better off playing in like a sort of a four-two-three-one formation. That's always been Spurs' way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel I feel like four-two-three-one, but I think um, the the they would do well. The manager would do well. Whoever would do well to have a Deli Ali type figure in the ten role. Um, you know, Deli Ali type figure in the ten role, and just have runners off them. You know, that, I think that's the most important thing is to make sure that Spurs always have runners. Because mm. you know what, I was thinking today about um, you know this whole Conte, the whole Conte rumor thing, and I looked at the Spurs roster, and yeah, we speak negatively on the players and stuff now, just based on their performances over the last few years and all the rest of it, right? But I think sometimes, I think even under Poch, we felt like under Poch was getting a bit stale and all the rest of it. Mm. Sometimes you just need a coach to come in that's able to galvanise the player and even just get them to improve and get their levels to actually elevate and all the rest of it. Look at someone like Antonio Rudiger, for example. I had a personal gripe against the guy, but Tuchel's come in and all of a sudden, <laughs> this guy's being touted as one of the best in the world. All the rest of it. I still don't believe in that, but this is what's being banded around, mm. right? Um, so you look at Antonio Conte, I look at the roster of players that Spurs have, a three at the back actually suits them. Coincidentally, mm. coincidentally, mm. you look at how many centre-backs they've got. You mentioned Tanganga, you mentioned Romero, you've got Dyer there, you've got Sanchez there. It, they've got they've got the roster there to obviously play these men at the back. And then you've got Sergio Regulon as well, who, mm. as a left-back, obviously there's always been that thing, God, he's really attacking. You couldn't mm. really get him. But as a left wing back, we saw it at Sevilla. It's true. Blistering season with them. And obviously, he took it's that true. form when he first came, kind of regressed. But you get him playing there. Emerson Royale, when he was at Betis, um, you know, he was playing right wing back for them as well. Mm. Um, and then it allows you to be able to play Deli Alli in a tent in behind, whether it's a Son or Kane or Mora yeah. or Kane or whatever it is. Or if you don't want to play Ali, you can play the Celso there or whatever it is. So I think you pre- have to revive Ali though, right? You, you have to. I don't think you there's a choice to. with that squad. Like there's, there's not really that many players who who have his skill set that are able to do it. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. Um, so yeah, where we're talking about systems and stuff, I think the Antonio Conte one. Whilst people think, ah, oh, you know, the way he is and he requires money, and if you don't get his way, he's gonna act like a, you, you know, like a spoiled brand all the rest of it for his toys out the prime all the rest of it I, I guess boy you can't go wrong he is the only available world-class manager that it is available on the market and does not have a club so you cannot go wrong who else are you going to bring in so yeah they can't yeah. have any of these process guys i, I don't nah. you know what i'm saying all these process guys like i'm uh 
one for the future. He's playing this beautiful football. Yeah, yeah, right, man. That's <laughs> 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 to this problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Mm. They can't be playing that. They need they need someone in there with a strong personality. Someone someone in there with who's who's very disciplined when it comes to shape. Like I said, like um, you just have to like I said, Spurs Spurs. You know, um, like I I actually take that to be fair. You know, Kofi, like three playing in a three, maybe a three four three formation or something like that. Yeah. Um, but you, you just have to get certain players playing. Do you know what I mean? Like Deli Ali, he's sitting there and he's, he, he's, he's, yes, you can talk about the motivation or whatever, but I feel like you just have to, he has to be worked into the system. He's too, he's got too much quality, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, we've seen it already. So it's just like, okay, someone needs to reinvigorate this guy. And Conte seems like the, the, the perfect guy to come in. And be able to work with the squad. He's won. He's won stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's actually won big trophies, um, and I think he's the right the right type of person. You know, and, and I don't know. Maybe maybe for Harry Kane working under a Conte might might help him. You know, because he can probably come in and say to Kane, do "You know what? Just give me till the end of the season. Work hard until the end of the season." Um, you know, I'm sure you'll get your move. I, I'm sure that's what you, you'd be liking like like to say to Harry that's Kane as well. You know, when you're working under such a top coach as well, and you got respect, like you say, because people, you know what? Because you hear ex footballers say now, I just, I just didn't respect that manager. You know, we just didn't really, we didn't really. And you think, you think it's too childish to say that, but it is. It's right though. You know, like look at the story of Cristiano Ronaldo coming to Manchester United, and then people not taking Apple Crumble because this guy didn't want Apple Crumble. Can you imagine, bro? Oh, it's madness. Right. <laughs> it's madness. Oh. Just eat your dessert and 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 go about your business. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But they didn't do it because of the reputation thing. So I just think it's one of them. You know, you have to, you have to, you you eventually. You know, what I'm trying to say you, you want to play for the top managers, and as soon as you get that opportunity to do that, I think it might change, might change his fortune. But it's got to be. It, I feel like it does start. It starts with Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Starts with all of them, man. Starts. With, I mean, boys. I'm not gonna lie. I'm. 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 I'm on the other side with with the Deli Ali thing. You know. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not sure if he can be. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if he can be revived. You know. <laughs> My head. Okay. I, really, I, I, I have a lot of question marks around it, man. I know he's had little bursts, but I, I think the. I think it really comes like the fire in the belly, and do you have that dedication? day in day out obviously I, I don't know him personally or whatever but from to me I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure man you know Conte going in there it's going to be it's going to be one of two extremes and it? it's either he's bang on it straight away or he's not that's it there's no in between for me and I'm not sure that he can get back personally um, yeah it's difficult it's difficult it's gonna be a hard and that Spurs job is not an easy job I don't I don't I don't know but I feel like out of the available options because seeing as Manchester United look like they're gonna stick with Oli you know and I don't think Conte is gonna go to Newcastle so <laughs> and he wants a Premier League job so I, I will probably say Conte will be the one the one in there but yeah it can go horribly wrong as well because mm-hmm. he can Conte has the he has that kind of um <laughs> the personality where if it was if it isn't right he's off you know, I can't wait. By his principles, I can't wait to see that Conte. That's the thing. Two, two short pep clock. Yo, I can't oh, wait for that. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, um, yeah, that's that's gonna be. It's gonna be good to to see Conte back because he's he's on beef as well. He's on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's with his players, he's on a lot of He's on it. He's on it. No, but you know, even 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 in terms of just um. You know, coming in and, and like Iman was saying, commanding that 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 respect. You know, it's a, it's going to be a different ball game if he goes to Spurs. And I'm not sure is it is it done or is it just rumors now? I'm not, it, apparently, no, it's, it's rumors. It's rumors, but okay. it, it, when you read from the grapevine, you know, the or certain sources and all the rest of it, it looks like yeah, it's, it's being finalized and all the rest of it. And apparently, he's in London today um, okay. to, to finalize the move. So it looks like mm. it's really, really. There, pretty much. Um, right. They yeah, love that one, isn't it? Like you know, when someone's linked with something, it's like, nah, he's he's flowed in. He's just, he's just flowed in today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's almost now. That's the thing. But he was coming. They didn't know he was coming for the Man United job. But it's okay. I'll take the Spurs one. <laughs> yeah, I can't I mean. wait, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. 
But no, I will no, say no. this, yeah. You, you know what? On the other side of the coin right now, oh, that's a, that's a real good ring to We should use that for something else, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, with Conte, if they're going to get Conte, you, you do know that he's making them squirm right now. The demands <laughs> that he's demanded, I know that Levy don't want to bend over for him. But I'm sorry, eventually he's going to have to. I mean, what, apparently 18 months. And I think by the looks of it, he's going to get what he wants. By the end of this season, into next season, the preseason they're going to have next season. I'm already thinking about what they're going to be like next season, you know. That preseason they're going to have, they, they could come out on smoke. I don't want them to, but I'm sorry, Mark, I'd rather them do it than United right now. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying the Oli thing too much. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. So, it's cool. It's pain, it's pain, it's pain. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. So that rounds up episode nine of the Breakdown Podcast. See you guys next week.